Welcome everyone live from CRC North Killer in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to CRC Live on Brimbank Live. My name is Madeline and my co-host today is Tara. Our special guest today is Peter Shortus, co-health, co-health youth outreach recovery coach. Hi Pete, welcome to the show. Thank you, it's really good to be here. Um, so first of all, um, tell us a bit about your work in mental health and with co-health. Cool, so we're a community health organisation and I work um, in mental health recovery for young people. So young people being um, for who I work with 16 years to 25 years. Um, my title is Youth Outreach Recovery Coach. So that basically means I work um, with the young people either in their home or in the community as opposed to them coming to us. Um, I guess it's all about someone's mental health recovery journey. So it's very different for, for every young person and the different things that they might present with um, is quite different from one individual to another. Yeah. So it's really about um, working with that young person about what they want to do. So it's all focused around their wants, their needs and what a good life for them looks like. So we catch up in weekly sessions and we try to find ways to help them achieve that. And a lot of it's goal setting and really try to find the meaning and purpose that they have. Um, and sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's not. So we work around their individual um, mental health issues they might be having or have had in the past and try to get them help. Yep. Yeah. Um, in saying that, what are the most prominent forms of mental health issues in young people these days? Well, I think it varies a lot with the young people that I work with. Um, I guess a lot of the underlying things that come up um, with most people would be um, anxiety and that comes in lots of different levels. Mm-hmm. As you might know, um, being young people yourself and in the school environment. Um, so some of it can be, um, you know, mild episodes to actually debilitating and really hard for the young person, um, different types of depression. Um, but we also have um, borderline personality disorders, um, schizophrenia, ADHD, um, some post-traumatic stress disorder and bipolar one, bipolar two. So a lot of different um, diagnosable um, mental health illnesses. Yeah. What do you think would be the most rewarding part about working within mental health? Well, working with the young people, um, like a good example would be just here today, like young people really um, feeling like they do have a voice and they can ask the questions and really trying to um, make something of their life. So it's really rewarding working with young people. And in a recovery space, um, I guess the reward is seeing young people achieve something they really want to achieve for themselves, mm-hmm. even though they might have been in some really difficult times um, throughout their life. Yeah. And some of it can be quite sad to see them come out of that and making a step or steps towards what they want is yeah, it's rewarding and like the young people I work with are, are great young people and it's just so nice to see them really want to um, help themselves to have a really fulfilling life and so a lot of it is actually fun. So yeah. it, it sounds like it might be difficult working with mental health illness and people's struggles but it's actually not. It can be really fun days, really um, great working with each other and um you know, and not forgetting that a, a big part of mental health is actually working towards having fun and doing good stuff. Yeah. yeah. 
And following that, what do you think was the biggest challenge? Well, I think because of the content of what some young people um, have gone through and are going through, it's quite heavy. And yeah. so if you're working with a lot, lot of young people um, and you're dealing with um, situations that are really hard for them, I think, you know, being in an empathetic role, you take a bit of that on. Yeah. And I think it's really important not to take it all on. It's good to be empathetic, but you really do have to um, use self-care and talk yeah. to your peers and talk to people mm -hmm. um, to make sure that it's not too overwhelming because it can be quite yeah. um, stressful in the sense that you do care for these young people and you, you really do. Um, yeah, so that can be challenging, but it's one of those challenges that are that can be positive because you can get through it. Um, yeah, so. Yep. Um, have you? How long have you worked in this industry for? Like, have you had any previous jobs surrounding mental health? This is actually my first role mm -hmm. in mental health. So I'm like a recent graduate in youth work. Mm -hmm. um, so this is actually my first role in mental health. Um, but I suppose uh, we might talk about it a little bit later on, but it's through um, your learnings and also your lived experience mm -hmm. um, with mental health and with young people. And I think that holistically is a really good way to approach um, mental health. Um, it's about listening to the young people and what they've gone through. Yep. and using some of your own experiences as well. Yeah. Um, in saying that, like, was there anything in particular that drove you? Like, have you had any particular past experiences that um, drove you into the mental health industry? I think that's a really good question. So in, in the sense of my own experience with mental health, mm -hmm. yeah. So um, I do have an experience in mental health. Um, I'm not a lived experience worker. So at CoHealth and a lot of organisations, we have what's called a, a peer worker or a lived experience worker um, that might have specific experience in something either to do with mental health or homelessness um, or in other areas. And that's really valuable to have someone that understands instead of having um, someone that hasn't experienced that, you can actually go to this person and they'll, yeah. they'll know the feelings that you might be having and really know some of the specific resources you need. Um, my experience, I suppose, led me to a really a deeper understanding of what mental health might be for some people as experiences that I had probably 10 or so years ago. Um, and the way that I dealt with and access, accessing services and acknowledging it and speaking about it really kind of helped me to understand what can work for some people. Yeah. And then I suppose um, having young people of my own being my sons who are um, adult, teenage, and 24, um, I think it's really a great way to understand what young people are going through at the moment um, just through my sons and their peers and some of the experiences they've had, as you know, through COVID and trying to get through schooling, through COVID and friendship groups, social media and things like that. So I think that helps as well. Mm -hmm. In the past few years, have the numbers for mental health in general just gone up on how ha, have you seen it progress? Look, I think, yes, I think it really has. And I think the statistics are really hard to get to at the moment because um, the ongoing effects 
um, over the few years with um, the COVID experience and the lockdowns and the isolation and learning online um, and some of the, the issues that were faced um, around that too within the homes, um, employment, finance and um, escalation of family violence. I think it's really hard to put statistics on how that really has affected, but certainly a lot more people presenting with things like depression and anxiety and needing help actually reconnecting, mm -hmm. um, reconnecting to society and to community, yeah. um, even feeling comfortable to get out of that home environment and, and reconnect. And it's uh, for people that suffer some of those forms of mental illness to start with, I've found it really difficult to come out. And I've seen that a lot with the young people that I work with specifically too. Yeah. yeah. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to CRC Live on Brimbank Live, live from CRC North Killer in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Madeline and my co-host today is Tara. Our special guest today is Pete Shorters, co-health youth outreach recovery coach. Okay, so Pete, um, this is for people um, listening and watching. If they suspect that a friend or someone they are close with has a mental health issue, what would be your best advice like, for, to help support them? Yeah, cool. I think yeah, that first step, if you do recognise something and you might have concerns, um, I suppose is just to, to talk to them um, and just to kind of acknowledge that maybe they are going through something and just that kind of validation of letting them know that you're there. Mm -hmm. um, of course, you don't have to be the person to, to fix anything or be the solution of the problem. But I think if you can offer uh, a bit of advice to who maybe to speak to within the school, just let them know that you are available to kind of help them in that, that first step um, is really good. Some of it can be really practical. Um, just walking with them to the wellbeing teacher or, or um, checking in if you're um, depending on your level of friendship, but just really letting them know um, that they can get help. Yeah. 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 And I think that's just a really good step for someone to know that they are listened to and they're, yeah. they're not alone. It's easier to get to the next step mm -hmm. of recovery. In your own opinion, how do you think social media is an impact on mental health? My own opinion. It's always hard when you're old and uh, ask an old person about social media, but I do know it exists and I do use it. And um, like I was saying, the people around me use it. Um, my own kids use it. Um, I think it's easy, like I said, being an older person, to to go straight to the negative and talk about when it was like when I was younger and we didn't have social media and you need you know. Um, screen-free time and things like that. Um, I think there's certain pressures with social media um, that can um, heighten uh, mental health. Um, just the, the gloss and the perfectness of social media and how it can portray things and how that can kind of put pressure on, on some people to live that perfect life. Um, and, you know, the filters used and the kind of reward system of likes and stuff that can really um, affect people in, in a way um, of developing, you know, um, doubts of their own self-image. Mm -hmm. um, and even just some of those kind of practical things of, you know, um, if you do use social media too much, sometimes it's a bit of a, 
you're not getting as much sleep or you're delaying when you sleep, which can affect mental health. Um, you're not outside and interacting with people face-to-face and socially, which I think, um, again, can kind of be a factor. But it would probably be more, you know, um, to hear from you guys about how what you think. So it's always better to kind of hear it from young people themselves if it, it affects their mental health because I think there's some real positive things that social media can do as well, like campaigns about um, yeah. mental health awareness mm-hmm. um, where you can get help. Um, I'm sure that there's positive things about social media of um, accessing you know, things to do for fun and accessing learnings, learning new things and kind of um, what you're interested in. So there's certainly both sides and I kind of just don't want to be that person to, to go on all the negative. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really good question. There's certainly a lot of like posts on social media that mm. gets reposted about mental health awareness and just any type of awareness, mm. whether it be for Black Lives Matter or sure. racism and just anything. And I see it all the time, mm. all over Instagram, Snapchat. So I think that's a good good part about social yeah. media. Yeah, I agree. I agree too. I think it's a – yeah, and I think that's the thing if if that's what – you both and your peers are saying, I think that we have to listen to that. There's some really positive things about that awareness because even when I see something for the first time or young people are posting about certain things, it makes me think, okay, well, I need to kind of listen here. I need to be part of what young people are wanting to learn about and things like that. Yeah. Um, What advice would you give a young person that doesn't have the voice to speak up to their friends or teachers? Like how would you advise them to deal with um, anxiety or depression? And someone who might find it difficult to have that voice to actually ask for help. Yeah. That's a really good question. And I think that kind of comes to what you were asking before about um, if you've noticed someone. Mm -hmm. So I think we all have a bit of a responsibility to our peers, um, even if we experience something ourselves to actually ask if they, if they are okay and if they do need help. So just that knowing that there's someone out there that might um, believe them and listen to them and maybe understand them. I think there's some even um, practical things you can do as a school or as a school community um, to let people know how to access um, help. Um, if someone really is finding it difficult, uh, they may never actually ask. They may yeah. actually never ask um, that face-to-face question. Um, so having access to things, posters, um, you know, school community newsletters, um, things like that just for um, numbers to contact and reiterating those services and supports that might be in the school um, or in the community is a really good thing. But also um, I suppose it's further awareness, isn't it? Just if you if you feel like you are suffering really just to – to reach out and ask for help and as most people will understand and certainly the services that I work with and community that I work with are really good at understanding and really good at helping young people if they need it. Does that answer that question? Mm -hmm, I think it's a bit of a tough one if you do have someone that really finds it hard to know who will trust, um, who they will trust and who will believe them. So I think it's another really good question. Um... How do you do you have yeah. What advice do you have to young people who have anxiety and depression? Like um, what do you do if you've got anxiety like, and depression? Like 
if they if they feel like they have it but they're not too sure, what what would you say to them? I suppose reaching out again, like, is a really good thing um, to do. Like, you can do like anything your own um, research and kind of see what is available in your local area, like the bring back new services and um, and things like that. But I guess talking to people in your school community like do you have wellbeing teachers? Yeah. 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 So things like that, like actually and, and your peers as well. Like if you feel like you have anxiety and depression, and that's you probably do. Yeah. So um, being able to talk about it is a really difficult thing to do, but it could be really um, empowering for that young person. And I think once you do that, you probably know that you're not alone. Yeah. That there is a lot of people there that have gone through their own journey with mental health. Yeah. Um, and even obviously reaching out to family, loved ones. It doesn't always have to be your parents. Um, it can be someone else that you connect with in your family um, and friends. I think just, you know, personally through my own kids' journey through high school and adolescence and trades and different things when they're finishing school um, can be a really good support yeah. for each other. Um, and I love hearing the way that young people really you know, see see it and hear it um, of supporting each other. And, and, you know, you don't always even have to say those words, I'm here if you need me, but just showing those things that you do understand mm -hmm. and letting that young person know or your friend um, that they can ask for help if they need it. Yeah. Thank you. That's all we have time for today. Thank you to our guest, Pete. It's been a great pleasure talking to you today. Live from CRC North Killer in Melbourne, Australia, you have been listening to CRC Live on Brimbank Live. My name is Madeline and my co-host today was Tara. Thank you for joining us. We hope you have found the information today useful. Until next time, have a great day.